If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievements. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine, broadcasting here in Atlanta, Georgia. We've got a special episode for you today as we talk about the curse of knowledge. And it's something that a lot of coaches may have and may not even realize that they have it. But it's something we need to talk about because it could severely prohibit them from developing their players and interfere with their ability to grow and communicate effectively. And so what is the curse of knowledge? Okay, The curse of knowledge is really... When you know things that the other person doesn't, and you have forgotten what it's like to not know it, okay? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you've known it so long, you can't grasp what it's like not to. So, when you suffer from this curse, you assume that other people know the things that you do, and this bias causes you to believe that people understand you a lot better than they really do. So I think about from a coaching drill. I think sometimes coaches run the risk of knowing their drills, knowing their schemes, knowing their system too well, and they've been in it for so long that when they're communicating to someone who doesn't know it, they can't get down to their level. They can't fill in all the gaps. They don't recall all the questions that they once asked to learn it. They can't get down there, so they speak in layers, and and the players are confused in the gaps. I think coaches may suffer from the curse of knowledge. You know what's interesting about that is I think we're acutely aware of it when it comes to, like, teachers, but uh, almost blind to it when it comes to coaching. You know, for instance, we've all had that math teacher that could solve a Rubik's Cube and 30 seconds right but you cannot you have no clue what's going on in their class it's a foreign language to you you know and they have a really hard time communicating with you and teaching you and uh and and we we all know those teachers and there's other teachers that are the opposite of that they're great at communicating and turning things into games or making visual or all the different things that might help you be able to learn Uh, i think it's one of the things we actually do pretty special at pgc is we recognize there's a lot of different learners and try and teach to all different kinds of learning styles. And um, when you talk about it with coaches, a lot of times we're not too aware of that, right? We just know what we know and we go do it and you need to do this and you need to catch on as fast as you possibly can. And there's, there's one big problem that happens that if you don't teach from the lowest common denominator up, there's a lot of little nuances that can be missed that can hurt you on down the road. But then what happens is coaches then fall into a place of frustration, right? They're frustrated. Why haven't you gotten this, right? right? Why are we still right. stuck on this? We've, we've explained it, you know, but is it a matter of the players not getting it or is it a matter of you not communicating it to the level, as you said, the lowest common denominator up? You know, what, what's to blame here? Yeah. And coaches, sometimes I think it's important we stop and ask ourselves, like, are we effectively communicating? I think it goes back to that, you know, that – that that adage the um you know you they you haven't taught until they've learned i think that's pretty you know applicable here in this particular situation um 
and so if you assume that the reason they don't know is because you haven't taught it well, you're probably going to be a pretty good teacher. But if you instantly go to frustration when they don't know, right, then you're probably going to spend a lot of your career frustrated. But it is easy. I mean, I make this mistake quite often, particularly when I have a lot of returners. I kind of just expect it to be taught on down and osmosis or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> right. But it's just supposed to get there. And I find myself having to backtrack oftentimes throughout the year on different little things and realize when I backtrack, the reason I have to backtrack is because I didn't do a great job teaching it from the start. Hmm. There's a story that may help us illustrate a little bit of understanding and and kind of share it from a different perspective. In 1990, a Stanford University graduate student in psychology named Elizabeth Newton tried to illustrate this curse of knowledge by studying a simple game in which she assigned some people to one of two roles, TJ. On one side, you had tappers, and on the other side, you had listeners. Each tapper was asked to pick a well-known song, something as simple as like a happy birthday, and then tap out the rhythm on a table. And the listener's job, obviously, was just to listen and guess the song. So over the course of the experiment, they did about 120 songs were tapped out. The listeners guessed only three of the songs correctly, a success rate of about 2.5%. Crazy, right? But it's interesting. But before, Newton asked the tappers to predict how many they thought the listeners would get out of the 120. And the tappers said 50%. So think about that. The tappers thought going in that they were, there was going to be 50% of the listeners that, that they were going to get that many correct, but it ended up only being 2.5%. Why? You know, She goes on to say, when a tapper taps, it is impossible for them to avoid hearing the tune playing along with their taps. It's impossible. Meanwhile, all the listener can hear is a bizarre Morse code of tapping. Yet the tappers become flabbergasted by how the listeners can't pick up the tune. See, the problem is once we know something, TJ, in this case, a melody of a song, we find it hard to imagine not knowing it. Yeah. All right, our knowledge, in, this, in essence, has cursed us, okay, which is the curse of knowledge. So we have difficulty sharing it with others because we can't readily recreate their state of mind. Think about that for a second. We can't get our mind back to a place that doesn't know it. So we are tapping along per se with the melody in our mind already and all they're hearing is the Morse code, right? The bits and pieces, they don't know all the gaps and we haven't taken the time to fill in the gaps and it creates tremendous amount of miscommunication, right? Interesting and I wanna talk about it more and kinda of unpack that story but let's take a quick halftime break with our friends over at Team Snap. Thanks our friends over Team Snap for today's communication halftime tip. As important as communication is, it's essential we remember and remind our players that actions speak louder than words. We've heard it many times, but it's an important reminder. And as my good friend Coach Brown, high school coach here in Maryland often says, I am deaf in both ears. I only know what I can see. I love that so much. Remind our players today, actions speak louder than words, and it's when you can put the two together is when you have the ultimate dynamic duo. But if you have to choose one, as important as communication is, make sure your action is on point. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app being used by over 15 million people across the globe, helping bring everyone together all season long from parents 
players, and coaches. TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more. So TJ, in many ways, coaches have to figure out the proper translation on how to translate what they know to the players, right? And then how do you do that, right? How do you translate what you know into concrete language that a player can hold on to? Mm -hmm. You know, questions, I think, is a really good one. You know, because a lot of times we don't, uh, like you said, you said a second ago, we assume, you know, because we have that knowledge. But a lot of times the, the questions you asked and the responses they give you give you a good gauge to where they are and actually understanding and picking it up. I, I agree. And I, I'm really fascinated with this kind of story because you've been there. I think we've all been there, right? Like you've hummed a song, right? Like, hey, guess the song I'm humming. And like in your mind, you're like, how are you not getting this? It sounds perfect. Yeah. Let's <laughs> try one. Ready? Here you go. Okay. That doesn't sound like anything remotely familiar. I could have picked a simpler one than that. Happy birthday. Uh, you did happy birthday? Yeah. I, 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 no, no idea. Okay. No clue. All right. So it works. Now, it let me work. ask you, though. Did it sound perfect to you? It sounded extremely <laughs> obvious to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting, right? Like, you know, I, I wonder, I think, I think there's a couple things, right, from a curse of knowledge standpoint. I think I love what you said about asking questions, right, because questions can give you some insight into where the player's current understanding is. But, you know, I think, you know, almost flirting with the line of condescending, right? Flirting with that line where you are explaining something at such a low level where it feels like you are condescending the player, right? That you were speaking at such a level and allow them to speed you up, okay? Because they will, right? If you started explaining it to me, I use my dad as an example. My dad, I think, forgets that any of his kids know anything, right? He'll go and start explaining it and he'll, he'll go down to the basics and I'll say, oh yeah, dad, no, I get it, I get it. Yeah, I get it. And I'll say little comments. I'll say, oh, yeah, you know, remember I did that, you know. And then it will speed him up and he'll quickly get to the next level. But he always starts at a really low low level. So I think almost flirting with the line of condescending to make sure they get it and that nothing's being overlooked and allow them to help kind of speed you along. I wonder if, I wonder if people do that. I mean, <laughs> it, it, when, he, when your dad does that, right, it, it, does it almost appear that um, – he feels like you're not too smart, like you, you don't. Like, I wonder if people ever try and be careful and be like, they give the assumption, oh, they already know all this, and da, 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 so they don't teach from that level, but almost from a point of, of not offending. Which is why they don't go down that yeah. route. I, I, absolutely, yeah. right? Like, especially, I think, if you were handed over a veteran team, you know, or like maybe you've, you've gotten some veteran folks on your team, and, you, yeah, you don't want to, like, offend them, right? You want to kind of speak at a level and think that they've got it but i think you run a risk when you do that tj yeah you really run a risk on with a team when um when you start teaching to a higher level i like i said a minute ago when i had veteran players i i, I advanced the teaching right and you really find out that usually a defensive breakdown for example four people doing the right thing one person doing the wrong thing you know and and you're like well 80 percent seems good enough but most possessions, somebody gives up a bucket because of the 20% that you failed to do. And so that's why everybody has to learn, even though it seems repetitive for some people. Um, I think that, that repetitiveness is a necessity to a good coach. So here's a great way to kind of test yourself as well on this topic of curse of knowledge is see if the players can coach it themselves. 
Right? Can they? Can they teach it? I always felt like players, like when they teach at camps or stuff like that, I always feel like they are, are better when they are the teacher, you know, and you put them in that situation to have to do that. We actually do that in the preseason where we have players um, in their individual workouts teach other players, mm. and, and it's a really good um, gauge. To, I mean, it has a ton of residual value, right? I mean, the communication piece between two people, one person helping another. But to your point, it also, when I'm watching it, I'm watching the teacher thinking, what do they really know? How well have I taught this? I'm almost almost uh, grading myself on it. You're grading yourself, but then you also could be taking notes about, I think they unconsciously or, or subconsciously you know, will teach it in the level that they, they think it needs to be taught at a beginning level. You know, because they may not be able to speak as articulate or they won't be able to articulate it as clear as you and they don't know all the details, but they know the points that are necessary for the player to kind of get it. Mm -hmm. So I think they may share things that you may have overlooked because you think it's too low level. Yeah, absolutely. You know, where, but then they kind of get fixated on it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think you're, I think you're spot on. So, you know, but. You know, use your assistant coaches also as as tools to help make sure you're not speaking above your players. That yes, you may know a lot, right? But you know, have it be dummy proofed, right? Mm-hmm. Double check it. And part of that's being observant as a coach. You know, like just watching how people are doing things, why they're doing it the way they're doing. It probably comes down to questions. But you, you do almost. I mean, as a teacher of the game. I think that you're constantly looking back for feedback of your teaching, and I think you'll see that in their responses, the way they teach, the questions they ask. And if you're not paying attention to that stuff and you're just barking orders, you're going to miss um, actually learning how good of a teacher you are and where your weak spots are. And build a culture of question asking. Mm-hmm. Like, truly build a culture, you know, that your players are not afraid to ask questions because, you know, I know how it is. You sit in a group setting and players sit back and they, does anyone have any questions? And everyone, no, no questions. But yet, if you sat down one-on-one, each of them would have three or four questions. Like, get past that. Build a culture of question asking that's free and safe. How, How do you think your team does with that? Like, do you think you've built a culture that's enables them to ask questions where they feel free and don't feel like, oh, man, coach is going to get on me for not knowing? Definitely in certain aspects of our program, yes. But then I also probably, if I'm being honest, their answer would have a little bit to do with my mood. You know, I, I think there's sometimes when they're like, listen, just get the job done. Shut up right now. You know, I think there's times when they feel that way. Uh, but I also think there's a lot of times when they feel real free to ask questions. That's fair. That's fair. Well, listen, curse of knowledge. Be careful. Be sensitive to the fact that it could creep into your coaching. And you certainly don't want to go down that path. But I am Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Harwood Hustle. Till next time, we're out.